We're joined by Scott Reed, political commentator and former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Happy Monday, sir. Thank you, John. Happy Monday. I'm glad you're back. I was very distressed for you. Oh, well, well I was very distressed for my voice. Actually, somebody texted me and said, uh, I miss your voice. I said, so do I. Um, so listen, let's uh, get down to business and let's start with a by-election today. Are you reading much into this, this uh, Mississauga Lakeshore by-election? No, and no one else should either. Look, uh, he... Here's the truth after, you know, 35 odd years being involved in politics, right? By-elections are like wise, drunk people. Nothing they say is reliable, okay? They don't tell you anything that you can actually ever depend upon. People want to overanalyze them. They want to say, well, obviously, if the conservatives lose, then that tells you that they're not in sweep territory. That tells you that Doug Ford is unpopular. That tells you that Pierre Polyev's politics are too imbalanced for Ontario. doesn't mean any of those things. Uh, neither would a victory for Trudeau mean that he somehow rallied and he's through a tough spot and, you know, Ontario is sticking with him on mass. They just don't – they are prepared perplexing things. People vote in low numbers. They vote for a wide variety of reasons. Sometimes it's a protest vote. Sometimes it's, uh, um, you know, can have uh, local factors. So, you know, I just wouldn't read much into it. And it's been a liberal stronghold. I expect that the liberals will win it. Um, and then I expect that people will pop up and tell me that the margin of error means something when it doesn't. Okay, let's keep moving. A Canadian judge authorizing a fortnight addiction law. Lawsuit. I don't know if the game Fortnite features in your home, but it is said to be highly addictive. Some parents insist it was designed to make it more addictive, and it's taking away their kids' lives. You know, I'll be interested in this. Um, ha happily, none of my four sons are what I would call, you know, problem gamers. They, you know, they, they sort of dabble, but none of them have, you know, really plunged into the basement and never gotten back out. So I haven't had to deal with metering there and use and all those kinds of things uh, you know i i guess i think my reaction is similar to most people i know at least at my age which is i, I kind of look at it, i go yeah isn't that like suing the sun for being yellow and in the sky and then i go well i don't know like if being yellow and in the sky is bad maybe it should be sued i guess like you know i in the sense that i thought fortnite was clearly designed to be addictive i mean that's the point of these things is that they are supposed to be dopamine uh machines and so i'm not shocked by this but i i i suppose you know will it, it it'll test them maybe it results in greater labeling maybe there are particularly pernicious practices in terms of tempting our kids into using these things that will be uh banned i don't i i don't know so i'll, I'll watch with interest but you know partly i'm kind of in the world of you know what if if your kid's addicted to it, you're not doing enough as a parent. And I know that's kind of an old school stern thing, but that's that's my view. I mean, shake them out of the basement, throw a hockey stick or a baseball glove into their uh, into their kit and say, go, go do something outside. Yeah, it is interesting because apparently the model they're going to use to argue the case is cigarettes and tobacco and how they were also uh, addictive. And of course, you're right. People will say, yeah, but... pull the plug on that machine, but maybe it is as addictive as putting a cigarette in except that and and this is the distinction i think that's interesting cigarettes you know told us well welcome back uh, marlboros are good for your throat and four to five doctors say they'll make your teeth beautiful whereas you know i don't think that Fortnite and other video games ever purported to be anything other than we will strap you to your couch and you will forget to eat or replenish <laughs> yourself so I, I i you know it's it's 
I think they've been transparently addictive, I guess is my point. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but I don't think there's a deception like there was in tobacco. It has been heartbreaking ever since 1979, as a matter of fact, to observe what's been going on in Iran. But especially now, uh, we learned this morning that a second protester has been executed by the government. Obviously, a means of telling the public, you want to die? You know, you really want to protest in the streets or maybe you should tamp down? You know, I just don't know what to do. I'm, you know, the change could only come from within, and it will take enormous courage, as we're seeing, for change to to happen. I, I remember in the late '70s, a boy joined our our school. Like, and I'm I'm going to Massasauga Public School in Prince Edward County. It was about as big as a postage stamp, and this boy named Hazem Kutsi shows up in class one day, and and. His family had had fled Iran uh, after the revolution, and they were, you know, they're, you know, he's for all intents and purposes westernized, and they fled uh, a world that was turning into a theocracy, and now we see, you know, these whatever, almost 40, 50 years later, and you just shake your head. That video, I don't know if you've seen it online, but the video of the mother of the first, yeah. uh, it, where she learns uh, and it comes as a bolt out of the blue sky that her child has been executed and she just collapses in grief. It is absolutely moving. And, you know, it's, it, and it makes you feel terribly powerless because you sit here and you observe it and you almost feel grimy for watching it because there's nothing you can do. But I, 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 I don't know how it, it turns out, but, you know, when people protest there, they are literally putting their lives in their hands. And um, and that is to be commended because it obviously requires enormous courage. A little while on the show, we were talking with the mom of a four year old boy named Remy. Uh, they live in Simcoe, but they ended up him having the air ambulance to Kingston because that was the only place they could find a hospital bed for a kid in Ontario. Uh, and his mom, understandably, I think, is pretty ticked off about all that distance between her partner and her daughter and now her sick son and her yeah and obviously who among us wouldn't feel uh, the outrage and uh, anxiety you know you're separated from your child and you got to figure out how do i get to my child how okay it's great they, they put my kid on a on you know an orange uh, helicopter or rush plane or whatever got them there and 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 that's great but now how do i get there i need to be with my child and how do i endure those expenses and um so all of that is beyond stressful i just i i, I hesitate i mean it, examples and indications and warnings that our healthcare system is uh, straining mightily in the post-covid era the human health resources uh, stresses are, are are through the roof i just i hesitate to overread though from this one example and to conclude well there are no beds for children anywhere in the province but you know obviously like it it's just another indication that when the premiers get together and say we demand more money on health care and the prime minister says yes as long as you promise to spend it on health care and the provinces say don't tell us what to spend it on you sit back and watch all that and you go hey can i show you this news article about this little boy and his mother because because you guys are pissing me off get it done so uh you're looking forward to four thousand character tweets no 
No, I wish Elon Musk would go back to sending rockets into the sky and, you know, building charge stations that he hopes he can have a monopoly on, you know, refueling of electric vehicles because the guy, he's, I love Twitter. I know that sounds crazy, but I love Twitter. I love it as a mechanism for connecting with people. I love it as a mechanism device platform for learning about the things that I like. I like it in terms of connecting with issues and weird specific, like, oh, 1970s comic book artist. Wow, I can follow this guy and interact with him like i like all of that and i know it's toxic and i know it's full of garbage and i know it's a mechanism for people to throw hate at one another but elon musk is making something that doesn't have to be awful truly discernibly terrible and it feels deliberate it feels orchestrated and this is just you know yet another don't i don't want a four thousand word tweet um and i don't want your ridiculous moderation and i don't want the owner of the company telling me that he's exhausted because he's working around the clock at the same time that he's putting out memes and hate about dr fauci and the pandemic it just i wish wish he would go away Yeah, I have to say, and the tweet you're referring to this weekend, he tweeted, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. That's not political diversity. That is wing nuttery. Yeah, absolutely. He's just being a crank. And so you look at it and some people go, oh, well, he's just trying to get a rise out of people. You shouldn't get so upset and take it seriously. Other people are like, hey, you know what? You don't have to to, like you with all of your power, all of your money. You decide you're going to kick down on people who are fighting for what to be called. They like that's the battle you want to fight. You pig. Come on. Well, and just before I let you go, I don't know if you saw it on the weekend, but the kind of stuff that you were talking about that I celebrate Twitter for as well would include these two guys posting a dance video and then Annie Lennox because it was set to an Annie Lennox tune gives them a shout out and it's the thrill of a lifetime William Shatner once confused me and my business partner we're both first names are Scott and he confused we he got into an argument with us I then because I worship Captain Kirk more than any character in history I then cut my business partner loose and said you're exactly right and William Shatner ended up blocking us both it (laughs) might have been among like it's the fifth greatest moment in my life and the four that top it are the births of my son so you know I, I i miss twitter for what it can be and i grieve what it is becoming thank you sir good to have you thank you cheers